as soon as I see the value in it, like, I'll do it straight away. Whether that's good or bad sometimes, but at the moment, everything I do is working out pretty well. Ladies and gentlemen. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Are you ready? Keep this frequency clear. I know you're going to dig this. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Check, check it out. You're listening to the Martial Arts Media Podcast, where you, the martial arts school owner, gets insider tips and secrets from leading experts to help you build a more profitable martial arts business. Now, here's your host, the founder of MartialArtsMedia.com, George Faree. This podcast episode is the audio version from a video that was published on martialartsmedia.com. For the full episode, to download the transcript and get all the show notes, head over to martialartsmedia.com. Enjoy. Hey, George Faria. Welcome to another Martial Arts Media Business Podcast episode. We're on episode 109 and chatting today to a good friend and a repeat guest Shane McMahon. Good day Shane. Hey how are you? Good good good. So been a while well I'd say been a while since we spoke on the podcast. I was actually checking back and we spoke on episode number 74. It's actually back in March 2019 so depending when you're listening to this close to the two-year mark on doing this again. Yeah. So I wanted to get Shane on again uh, really to uh, document his journey because it's been a long journey. We'll go a bit more into the details, but you can check out podcast number 74 for a bit more of the background. The first time we met, how we got started working together, and your dojo was flooded, wasn't it? <laughs> yep. Still remember that one like it was yesterday, yeah. Flooded dojo. We started working together, did a couple of cool things, worked out well. You jumped up to 185 students. Uh, that was in. December, uh, well, in February, so that was a couple of months later. Shot to 200. I've been prompting you to get that 300. You hit 300 students at the time of recording this. Well, last week you said you were at 325. This week you're at? Yeah, about 340. 340. 340 active students. Just from from the sidelines, and I'm going to hand it all over to Shane, but, you know, one thing I admire about Shane is just relentless work ethic you know whenever we chat on a zoom call or something we're chatting about something Shane goes quiet and then he's like yep it's done it's sent and so he's just a relentless action taker we can almost stop the podcast there if you wanted to get the value out of something and Shane's journey on how he progresses so fast is just taking action all the time it's probably a good place to start right because um what got you to that what is it that prompts you to take action quickly is that something that came from you know, from childhood or is it the uh, discipline of karate? What's got you to that? I, I, yeah, I think that's just sort of my personality. Um, I just want to, like if I see the value in it, I'll just do it straight away. Just like setting up Calendly, like last week we were talking about it. As soon as I see the value in it, like I'll do it straight away, whether that's good or bad sometimes. But at the moment, everything I do is working out pretty well. Some things don't work, but um, so far it's been it's been pretty good. Yeah, I, I can't recall who shared this exactly. I think Elon Musk shared something similar, that the person who makes the most business decisions wins. And in, in context, and I'm probably butchering this, but the overall story is if you make 100 decisions a week or a day, 
and 50 of them fail, then you, you still made 50 decisions in the right direction. The problem is yeah. when you overanalyze and you sit back and you make 10 decisions and still 50% ratio, five of them fail. So now you've made five steps in the right direction versus mm. 50. So either, you know, when we, when we think we are doing the wrong things, doing the just many things all the time and making decisions rapidly actually goes a bit further at the end of the day. Yeah, but it's not like I'm making rash decisions on the spot that's going to impact my cash flow or my life like in a massive way, but just little things that I see that are much better, um, I'll just change like that. But changing a timetable or a schedule or something like that, you need to sit down and figure that one out. That can't be just you know, off the cuff. Cool. So, look, so I guess building on, on our conversation last time, uh, you know, we chatted uh, every week. We, we, you know, in our partners group, we jump on calls and so forth. Um, you know, your journey has been, it's gone from one thing to the other and improved. And then we had COVID, obviously, and, and, and that mm-hmm. threw a curveball for everyone. But, I mean, you've bounced right back and things are moving. What's been working well for you? Let's let's just start, start with that. Yeah. Um, well, uh, so, yeah, COVID hit. And like everybody, we had to shut down and, and teach online classes. Uh, but from from that, we've actually incorporated a couple of things from the Zoom platform that we use. So every class now is is uh, streamed live on our Zoom channel um, or a Zoom link. So that's been really great because uh, we've got people in. Uh, we've got a, uh, another dojo. So I'm in Brisbane. We have another dojo in Sydney um, and. So the instructors there can actually watch what we're doing and I've been recording some uh, segments or sections of the class and uploading them onto our YouTube channel uh, where the instructors can actually watch some of the drills that we've been doing and then make sure, you know, we're all in sync on how we teach a particular technique or, or, or kata or whatever that we're doing. So that's been really good. When Zoom hit, we could, um, sorry, no, not soon. When COVID hit. Well, Zoom did kind of hit <laughs> at the same time, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so when COVID hit, we could only have a certain amount of parents or people in the dojo when we could resume classes. So we only allowed the juniors in, no parents. And since then, the behaviour of the kids has been fantastic. So there's no background noise, there's no distractions. It is purely instructors and kids. So since then, we've we've taken away the waiting area um, and don't allow parents inside while the class is on. So before and after, yep, but during the class, no. Um, but if the parents want to watch, they can watch it on our Zoom link, um, which is you know it's always on. So with the with the Zoom, we change the password every month just for security. So if we have a uh, somebody who, who um, stops training, then they won't be able to watch the training from home. So there are just a couple of things that that um, has made us better since COVID. Great. So so now you just don't let parents in, and parents it's just become a custom. So you really took advantage yeah. of the fact that they can't sit around, and it's turned out for the better. Well, yeah, it's turned a bit of the coffee shop next door to us too. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, look, um, so the parents know that they're not not allowed. It's not that they're not allowed inside. We just 
not during the class. So they come in, drop the, drop, especially when their kids are new, they bring yeah. the kids in, the kids sign themselves in, and then um, the parents either sit in their car or go for a walk. Um, some There's a, uh, a park near us, some will just go for a picnic. There's a pub across the road too, so I'm sure a couple of sneaky people have gone over there for a, for a few, few quiet ones. <laughs> cool. So, so on that, I mean, we're talking about changes. So you made that adjustment. That's been really good. What else do you do? I guess do that's different and different and maybe what things that you don't do that normal schools might not be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Might be doing. Well, something different that we, that we do since I last spoke to you, spoke to you in, in the podcast. So we've got a, a junior leader team. Uh, and we also have uh, an instructors team. So constantly developing instructors to assist in the class um, as well as take their own class. Not, not so much the junior leaders. Junior leaders are there to assist in the class, bow the kids in, show the kids what to do, where to go when they first when they first start, and also set up any, any equipment. Um, but as far as our karate goes, what's, what we do differently, I suppose, um, is black belt is only just the big the beginning of for us. So we've got we've got lots of second, third, fourth, fifth dance that train with us. There's a something after after black. You don't need to be an instructor. So we've got yeah. Uh, we also teach corridor, which is the weapons. Um, so that's for black belt and above. And our, our karate, I suppose, what we teach is called kan karate, which means old and new, the school of the old and new. So we teach old style Okinawan karate, um, which is through Kinjo Horoshi um, and Natani Kazuo from, from Japan. We also teach modern sports style karate for WKF, WKF style. So we have uh, different syllabus for kids to the adults. So with the kids, we teach modern sports safe karate for the adults and why we have so many adults and have, why we keep so many adults is we teach practical karate, practical self-defense, which has joint locks, throws, uh, vital point strikes, weapons, grappling, all, all, of, all of those fun things that you can't teach your kids. That's what can make us different to most other karate clubs is, is that ability to be able to teach both. Um, so the same principles that we use in our sports karate applies in our traditional, uh, original karate. So that's one of the things that, that make us a little bit different, um, and we're all about karate. So karate, karate, karate. We don't have to teach any kickboxing classes, any fitness kickboxing or fitness cardio karate. We don't do birthday parties. We do social events, but that's, you know, it's nothing to do with karate. It's just about building a, a um, community. Um, but, yeah, so we, we don't have to supplement our classes in having another martial art here. We don't teach Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or uh, kickboxing or Muay Thai in our space. It's only karate, only, uh, only karate. And, and why is that important to you? Because I, I know you, you really you love karate. I, <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I know that. And, and, and obviously, you know, we, we all love our styles and, you know, when you love our styles, we can be a bit biased. But I know you, you've got like a, such an in-depth history of it coming through the family and we can probably talk about that. 
your dad, Bob, uh, had the, had the bus- had started out the business what good 30, 35 years ago, 30, 31 years ago, thirty one years ago. Yeah, the Australian Credit Academy, but he started teaching in nineteen seventy two. So yeah, he was one of the first to teach kids in Australia. Um, this was before the craze of the karate kid, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, I just love karate. There are so many more things that we are starting to learn more about the history of karate. Things like the Japanese influence into Okinawan martial arts and uh, the Chinese influence into Okinawan martial arts. Those things are, are, are being discovered now through uh, through guys that live in Japan and live in Okinawa or live in Germany or live in America. So yeah, there's still more and more and more things that we're that we're learning about uh, the development of karate, um, how it came about. So that keeps me, you know, really interested. There's a competition side which which I like as well, and I did compete for a long time, but uh, now my focus is more on developing my uh, some of my athletes and also developing our understanding of karate, uh, getting back to the older style of karate, less kids' karate and more, you know, genuine old-style, real, original, uh, dental karate. I started when I was four and every job, every everything I've ever done in my life, almost everything is geared around karate. My holidays are based on karate, where I go, the, the countries I've visited have all been basically built around karate. I love that. Even though you're building a business, you're mm-hmm. not deviating from your passion at all. You really just want to stay on the on the path. And and so I, I want to I want to play the opposite of that. Is is do you see like do you see it beneficial to have a different style for you, or would it completely just sidetrack you from? Your passion and your focus of, of karate? Well, one of the things that we do is a two-week trial. So everybody, doesn't matter if you've done karate before, everybody completes a two-week trial. If little Johnny is a bad seed, then with someone within the two weeks, we'll ask him not to come back. Or if he's disrupting the class, if, if he's there to have fun and not learn karate, then we won't accept him into our club. Into our club. So sometimes we have we stop enrolments if if the class is too full we'll stop enrolments and then we'll we'll take enrolments for when when there is space available in the class. So that's one of the things that that, that I do to ensure that the what we're teaching is what I want to teach. You know there are there are some karate or martial arts schools out there that want as many as they can. Like I want many too. You know I want to teach the quality of karate to many people. Um, but I'm not, not going to take people who aren't there to learn karate. Learning um, my karate or our, our style of karate, it's, that's first and foremost. Not 1,500 students or a million dollars. It's karate first, business second. Love that. So, but a business very close second sometimes. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, it's the business that allows you to have the passion yep. and well to live your passion right because without without the income supplying for it then you don't want to be yep. a struggling struggling instructor as well that you know you've got to got to work the day job and then put money in here and then it yep. your life becomes complicated yeah well yep done that um 
So now all of my focus is is karate, whereas before maybe 30% karate, 70% work. So now, um, you know, I understand, I understand some only want karate as a, as a second or third or a fourth part of their life, but for me it is 100% uh, part of my life. So I can teach as many people as I, as I can the, the karate that I've, that I've, you know, spent 35 years developing. And, um, yeah, you know, the, the more the merrier in, um, as long as, as long as their drive is also karate and not, you know, being silly. And, uh, you know, we, we've had to ask some people not to come back, you know, whether they're white belt or brown belt or black belt. Um, How do you approach that? And what are sort of your, what are your benchmark values that you, that you stick by? And, if if somebody crosses that line, they mm-hmm. out the door. What is what is that line? How does that line look? Well, for kids, it's it's quite easy. You can uh, I can I can see it. mostly the parents pull them out because they can they can see um, you know little Johnny. He's there for for the games, not not the karate. Um, so while we have fun in karate. Karate is not itself fun. It's hard work. It's repetitive. It's tiring. It's not games. So with our kids, the majority of the class, 80% of the class is karate. Bang, 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 punch, 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 move, move, move. 20% is fun for the kids because you still have, they're still kids. You still have to give the kids high fives um, and positive reinforcement. You're not just teaching karate. You're also impacting on that person's Life on um, on how they deal with you know individual uh, sport. They're, they're learning values there on hard work and and reward. Whereas team sports um, different. Um, so the individual activity or or sport, uh, you still need to give positive reinforcement, positive views to the, to the especially kids, especially kids. High fives, man. We give so many high fives. So, um, what was the question? I don't know, but I have another one. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the question, oh, the question is, how do you how do you know you cross? Sorry, the question was, oh, okay. how do you know if you cross the line? Uh, my follow up yeah. question was on that: if you if you don't classify karate as a sport, what do you mm-hmm. classify it as? That. But back to the first question on the values. Mm-hmm. So, what is sort mm-hmm. of your values? The benchmark of the line, and you mentioned if they cross the line, or you know if they're just there for fun and games, it's easy. What else? What is what else is sort of really important for like go-to rules or values that have got to be abided by? If they're not a positive influence into the dojo, you know, if they're constantly talking, talking or draining other people as well, distracting pe- other people from from their own learning, being a bad partner, um, that is a that is a big one. Um, especially in our adult classes, ninety percent of the adult class is partner work. It's not up and down drills it's it's partner work old style karate is practice at home by yourself practice at the dojo with partners i, I think uh, modern karate has it reversed it's 90 percent of practice solo practice at the dojo or it should really be 90 percent partner work but um anyway um so you need to be a good partner a, a partner that your partner wants to train with if they don't want to train with you then i will have a word with you especially with with the adults and the kids as well. If you, if you are, you know, an annoying kid whose elbows go out and, you know, hey, 
then you know you you will get a warning. They're, they're the things that we look that we look for. Genuinely yeah. nice people, people, people that you that you want to hang out with. Yeah. So if you can invite them over, over to yeah. uh, to your home, that's a good sign. And if you yeah. cringe at that yeah. idea, then it's probably a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Nobody comes to my house though. No, <laughs> of course not. So on the clarifying karate, you mentioned that you don't clarify karate as a sport. What do you clarify karate as? Mm, well, I think there are sporting elements in karate for sure, especially modern karate. Anything from 1936 onwards, I would probably classify that as a sports karate where the uh, intention of the activity is to build strength and muscle and speed um, in, in a competitive environment. So I would consider karate to be a self to be a self defense program, whether that's weapons or or, or empty hands, um, for lack of a better word. Karate doesn't mean empty hands. Yeah, I, I'd consider karate to be a uh, first. Uh, a, a combat system, uh, self-defense um, for sure, rather than a sport. I, I don't, I don't like the, the the idea of karate as a sport because it takes away the like how lethal some of the techniques are and, and the intention of, of the techniques. You know, piercing somebody's eyes, for example, growing growing up. You can't do that in any sport. You can't do that in UFC, uh, but you can do that in karate. So, so I don't like. Uh, Karate is considered a sport. I think it waters down the original intention of of karate. Gotcha. So, okay, to be used as a sport, but when the sport becomes the focus, then all the everything starts to deteriorate. And uh... yeah, yeah. I mean, there is sports karate, um, and that's fine. That's just not not what I like. I, you know, gotcha. I don't like. I don't like the emphasis just on on the sporting elements. Um, yeah, I mean everybody's got their own tastes, um, and I did compete as well for a long time, um, and we have competitors. But ninety percent of the people that join my dojo or join a dojo is to learn self defence, not to compete for Australia at the Olympics. And I think we, a lot of dojo do a disservice by not teaching. Proper self-defense, um, you know. They, they teach modern Japanese karate where they move up and down the floors, doing fifty punches and upper blocks and roundhouse kicks. They're absolutely of no use to to any self for any self-defense. So if you're advertising for sports karate, then yeah, go for it. But they all advertise self-defense karate, and I, I, I think I think they're lying. Gotcha. Okay, um, want to talk a bit more? <laughs> that's that's cool. Um, I'm happy Sorry. to go there. Like, I mean, if if there's a if there's things that are that are completely against your point of view, and this is a podcast, right? We have open discussion. Um, mm -hmm. I don't. I've never put two martial artists together that actually agree on the same point. It's rare, um, of course, but. Uh, Hey, but that's that's what makes it beautiful, right? Is there's diversity in opinion and in styles and everything else. But uh, uh, 
I, I like exploring what's like what really pisses you off about it, you know. Oh, Let me ask that question. I've never asked that question. What really pisses you off about, you know, in the yeah. industry or about about different marketing or programs or? Well, it's I your think, time to let uh, it out, Shane. It's your time to let okay. it out, right here. <laughs> what what annoys me is when when I see people, uh, yeah, advertising for for self defence, and all they are doing is what we call three K karate, so kara kiyon kumite. It's karate that was developed for school children a hundred years ago that they are they're teaching as self-defense. That karate is originally for school kids. Attacks to the eyes became punches to the body. Joint locks were taken out because they, they weren't safe for kids, of course. Throws, gone. All of the, the grappling, the close-in, Self-defense, like the self-preservation, the really dirty karate, the dirty side of of, uh, of combat was taken out to teach to children. Um, and I appreciate that, and, and that's what we teach to kids. But people are teaching that to adults and calling it self-defense or calling it traditional karate. Um, it's not. It, it is modern, watered-down children's karate. And that, that annoys me because that... What, what makes my dad different is in the 80s, he kept asking questions. Why, why are we punching to the body? You know, what is it? What is the, what is the original idea? Why, 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 why? So he, he started researching and, and uh, talking to people um, outside of his bubble, outside of Queensland, outside of Australia and um, started getting answers. Um, whereas people are still doing the same thing as their instructor did 30 years ago without questioning why. We're just teaching you. That's how my instructor taught it. Or well, your instructor learned sports, modern sports, children's karate. Um, and they're trying to adapt it to, to self-defense. And, and you can't. You can't unless you peel back the layers and understand the original intention of, of that technique, the original intention of why why a block to the body became should have been a block to the a block to the face. You know, fingers to the eyes became punches to the body. Head butts, all of the really cool things that that all of the like Krav Maga, um, you know, uh, self defense experts, police are taught, but we people aren't teaching that in karate. Um, not everybody. There are some, definitely. There is a big growing list of people of doing it, but we've been doing it for 30 years. Um, and, uh, and then people come, yeah, so anyway, that, that yeah, that grinds my view. <laughs> That's great. Anything else that you need to, that you need to share? <laughs> no, I'm okay from that. Cool. All right, great. Perfect. Um, Let's change gears just a little bit, right? And and get get back to get back to your business. So positive. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. I, we we either gained a lot of listeners there or lost a few, but that's <laughs> that's great. Either way. <laughs> so so just back back on your business, right? So I mean, lots of change. Two years. I mean, if you look at two years, right? Two years going from hundred and ten students to. Mm. 340. So that's tripling your business in 
three years. Um, I think it's important to always sometimes look at that, right? Because, uh, you know, everybody wants maybe some people want a mega school, some people don't. Some mm-hmm. people want a, uh, a good thriving business but want to stick to their core values of karate sure. or whatever the, your style might be. So tripling your business in two years, man, well done. That's Thank you. Well done. Um, <laughs> what do you do different now than you did back mm. when you were around the 100 student bar? How we schedule the classes are different. Um, the layout of the, of, of the classes. I want everybody at the end of the class to be sweating and smiling. Um, I actually, I heard that off, of somebody, oh, I can't remember who it was, a couple of, um, maybe a year and a half ago. And it just went, just clicked with me. Sweating smiling and sweating at the end. Whether you're a four year old or an 84 year old, you know, that, that should be, that should be, the emphasis when they're when they're leaving the class. So how we structure the classes are a little bit different. Um, so we do like a, at the end, it's got to be a uh, we do a, a not a hard workout, but something physical. Bat punch punching for the kids, you know, running, 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 punching, punch, punch. In the middle of the class is the core basis of the of the lesson. Whether we're doing uh, uh, a kata or Kion for kids or Kumite or breakfalls or whatever that we're doing in the class, that's the core part. The end of the class has got to be fun and fitness. Um, so that's, that's one aspect. Uh, another aspect that we do differently is how we uh, schedule appointments for people. So when the, somebody inquires, I we book an appointment um, through an app. Um, they come down and I run them through exactly how the classes run, the fees, how much the fees are, what's expected of them as members, how the gradings work, um, any any uh, extra money that they might have to pay for at some stage, the belt system, everything that they will need to know for the next 10 years of training. Um, that's different instructors, you know, more instructors, more instructors, you just cannot have enough instructors. If you think you have enough instructors, you need more. You need to be developing instructors. Um, so we've got a, a group of four or five uh, uh, middle grade adults that are just learning how to teach karate. They're not, te- they're not out there teaching classes, but they're taking little five five minute segments of a couple of people learning how to teach karate. So I identify them as future future instructors. Um, uh, everything organized like man I've never been so organized in my life we have a 12 month calendar that, that you helped me with set up so all the gradings are set we know when the the color belt gradings we know when the black belt gradings are on you know competition tournaments are going to be on um, we know when the when we're running marketing this is massive through marketing a budget and marketing um Windows, so two weeks before school holidays and then a week after school holidays. So everything is all set out. It's all ready to go. Um, like we've got a calendar that, uh, that I'm constantly looking at and, um, and being, being organized. That, that, that was my buzzword this year, organized. 
Um, yeah, so all of those things, that, uh, and just like the persistence in place where I don't have to be at the dojo every day. I've got instructors that can take the classes. Um, you know, I come in and just do a couple of admin stuff. Uh, you know, um, just setting everything up. It took it took a while, but the dojo is is running really smooth, really smooth at the moment. That's that's a big difference. That the everything is organised. Uh, the Christmas party we had last year, um, I think I booked it in August, so. We, we already had everything organized for the Christmas party. All we had to do was just turn up. It was all paid for, organized, the food. We had 180-something turn up for the Christmas party. And, yeah, just those things. Um, gradings, having uh, everybody logs logs on for their grading. So we use a, an app uh, where people pay for the grading as well. So the two days before the grading, it stops. You can't you can't book after the grading because I've got to organise belts and certificates. Um, but people pay for the grading and they book themselves in for the grading. So then I, I just have a look to see who's who's on the grading. So having having that, that just makes it a lot easier rather than constantly emailing Johnny. Hey Johnny, you coming to the grading? And if Johnny's not registered, Johnny's not grading. Right. Yeah. I, th I think uh, you know one thing that. That I think can help anyone because it's sometimes when you go into growth mode, you, you're very ad hoc and you're very reactive and you're doing whatever you can to just get to a point. But then when you start refining, uh, one thing that's really helped me is having that sort of marketing uh, that you mentioned that we helped you with is that marketing, marketing calendar of, yeah, because thinking is hard and it, it is. That's why most people just don't think, right? Because it's a hard thing to do, but if you if you know you're going to have to plan this year, and you just you do the thinking once, do the thinking once, and you map out what needs to be done, then yeah. now you're just getting on the train tracks, and you 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 kind of or, you know on the treadmill, and you're just running, you're just doing yeah. what you worked out, what was the best plan. Obviously, things are going to come up, and you're going to have to shuffle a few dates here and there, but at least you got your yeah. core plan eighty percent done, yeah. and. You know, you know what needs to happen next. And that's how you get to get ahead of the game and you're not running, you know, two days before Mother's Day trying to figure out, all right, well, what campaign yeah. are we doing? What's, what's, what's happening? What promotion's going out? That's right. Yeah. And, and, um, and having a, having a budget for those things as well, um, for the marketing, um, plan, um, rather than having to scramble for a couple of, like a thousand bucks, or I can only spend two hundred bucks. Having that, everything all mapped out: the Mother's Day, Father's Day, Valentine's Day, Eka for us, uh, Show Day, or whatever you want to call it, Christmas. All of those things all mapped out very easy. What worked well last year and what didn't work well. Cool. So Shane, two two last things I want to want to ask. You know, with your growth, you know, yep, marketing and so forth. But there's obviously a lot of retention that's working. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. So. First up, a uh, quick chat just about what's, what's keeping your students coming back. Well, one thing we, we brought in, this is after a chat to yourself and another member, was a um, white belt grading. So this, is, this has been really good. So um, white belts after a certain amount of time will get an email, maybe four weeks or 
once they've done the trial and they've become a full member, then they'll get an email to come to a, a white belt only grading. So it's a grading only for white belts. So uh, we did one on the weekend. Um, then we had five kids and three adults. Um, so it's only 20 minutes, half an hour. And it's, I, I plan it on a Saturday after the normal class because I'm, I'm already there. Um, and it's just a little intro into how the gradings work. So they go from white belt up to their, their first grade. Um, it's, called, it's, it's almost a half, a half grade, a semi grade to keep them motivated to come to the next grade. And that way, they're not going to be overawed when they come to their next grade and they already know what the process is. So we talk a little bit about what to expect at the grading. Um, so that's, that retention, that has been fantastic since I, I started bringing that in. For, for our adults, we split the class. The first hour is all grades, and then the next half an hour is seventh Q and above, which is about uh, nine months of training. So after about nine months to a year of training, you can come into the advanced class as well. Um, so, so those beginners can see the progression to, oh, that's what I want to do. I want to start doing sparring. I want to start learning weapons. Um, I want to start doing more kata. Um, so, yeah, th those retention tools um, have been really good for us. And also instructors. Instructors, instructors, instructors. Um, just can't have enough, honestly. Like, you can't do it all yourself. And that, that is why I failed my, at my, you know, uh, my, the, not last dojo, but um, so when I what was like 10 years ago when I was teaching full-time as well, I tried to do it all myself. You know, I was doing 30 classes, man. You just kill yourself. So you, you need other instructors. You need, you need, you need to train them, train them well. Um, so those guys, they're fantastic retention tools because they are out talking to people and they're another, another face of the dojo. Yeah, and I, rec I, I guess I want to highlight this because I recall a conversation where this was a big obstacle. Because as as we as we talking about your passion for karate, mm -hmm. that comes with a whole new expectation. And it, I, I recall there was a time where it was really hard for you to let go of that because it's very hard to match your standard, and very hard, yeah. hard to match your standard means that instructors have a big role to fall, big. Yeah. Yep big shoes to go step into. And so if anybody's struggling with that, what was sort of the point where you decided, well, I've got to let go? Well, it's the only way to grow to grow the club. Realistically, um, you know, uh, I, I took a step back and, and, and realised, oh, I want to teach the instructors, I want to teach the teachers. So I, I would love Dojo um, all around Australia where I just teach the instructors. That, that would be that would be my my goal. So then the more instructors you can teach, the more students they, they can teach and the more more uh, uh, my karate style, lineage, whatever you want to call it, um, uh, is, is being is being learned. Um, but yeah, a, a, you know a big wake up was when I didn't want to go and teach. I realised I need other people to teach for me. Um, so all of our instructors, um, the adult instructors, or um, you know, instructors who are adults, not those who just teach 
at Osborne. We've got three three instructors for a kids program, and I don't have to be there. I, I don't have to go to the dojo. I don't have to teach them because they already know what to do. Um, they're all black belts, all Queensland um, champions, all have represented Queensland in, in sports karate, um, and they're all uni students. Um, the adult instructors, some family members, which is fantastic, but apart from them, we've got uh, uh, two knee down, one two second down, one fifth down, um, uh, third down, and a couple of short down, first level black belts who are assistant instructors. This Friday night, we're doing an instructor's course. Yeah, I, I just I, you just can't do it all yourself. So I didn't let go. I just made sure that what they're teaching is what I would teach. So everything everything is structured, and there is some uh, individual um, individuality in, into what you teach because everybody's a bit different. I'm, I'm different to my dad. Same jokes, but you know, um, my karate might be a little bit newer than, than my dad's karate, um, but that's that's because I've you know I'm around a different sort of group than my dad was. Yeah. So there is individual individuality in the class and what how they teach it, but the technique, the, the cutter, um, the principles, how we move, how we kick, how we punch, you know, how, how we throw, how we put our joint lock on, they're all the same. They're all the same. Just how you deliver it might be a little bit different. Their jokes might not be as good as mine. Of course not. How could they? <laughs> might have to work on the punch lines, the timing. Exactly. <laughs> so on that you touched on goals and um so what what is the big vision for australian karate academy well my uh well during the 90s my dad had 30 that 30 clubs around australia um i'd like to have 31 we um <laughs> just because competitiveness is uh, what it is right <laughs> so um you know when my yeah, when my a lot of people were drawn to my dad because he started teaching different uh, aspects of karate, throwing, throwing, well, call it weapons. All of these things were were unknown in the eighties and uh, early nineties, and my dad had already started doing it and, and um, started teaching it, researching it. So we had a lot of people join us from different clubs. Um, so they might have a little club, um, and they they joined the, the Australian Karate Academy. Um, you know, they, they needed some direction on, on one, how to teach karate, um, you know, what to teach in karate, uh, how to, how to, how to get back to, back to what you wanted to teach. You know, and people are, there were a lot of clubs out in limbo that didn't really know what to do. They were just teaching what they did 20 years ago. Um, so I, I'd like to, I'd like to do, to build, to help build more clubs, um, Using this, using our karate and that, the same uh, marketing approach and the same same idea um, that helped us grow um, by and still teaching quality karate, quality karate. You know that that, that is my number one teaching quality karate. Um, so yeah, thirty one clubs, um, two thousand members. Love it. So if anybody wants to jump on that journey with you. How would they reach out to you? Uh, yeah, Facebook. There's only one Shane McMahon with a C H E Y N E, so you don't have to look anywhere else. Just type in Shane McMahon, 
um, and uh, on, on Facebook, or you can jump on our uh, Facebook group uh, or Facebook page, which is Australian Karate Academy. And uh, yeah, just uh, or shoot me an email, Australian Karate Academy at gmail.com. Very easy to find. Love it. We'll, well, we won't link your email address on the podcast just because. I don't think you want to purchase more geese and more things uh, yes. from foreign countries. <laughs> so we'll skip that. But uh, right, so easy to find Shane McMahon uh, on Facebook. Shane, always great chatting to you. Love watching your journey from the sideline. And I think we need to chat a little sooner than two years again. Yeah, it's and, gone uh, so quick. I'd, I'd say, what's what's the next benchmark for you? What, you, you? You said in the beginning of the year 400, but I think you, 400 students, but I think you're almost going to be there real soon. What's the what's the big benchmark? Second dojo. Second dojo um, in Brisbane next year. Um, I think we, we're going to get to a point in our current dojo um, where it's the, it, it's the limit of students, yeah, we can teach uh, or where I want to teach. You know, I, I don't want 805, you know, 101 class teaching shit karate or poor karate, you know. I don't want that. Um, so I think at this, at my current location, uh, 400, 450 would be, would be a good amount, uh, which is a manageable amount. So the way that I set up the timetable, we still have – we still have extra room for more classes, um, more classes, and we've actually expanded since I last spoke to you too. We've taken another 50 square metres and uh, we're hopefully taking another uh, 35 square metres just to open up the dojo a bit more. Uh, yeah, so that's second dojo in, in Brisbane, second second, second dojo, whereas where I can um, actually, that rule, you need to open two extra, so you need to have three dojo, right? You, you told me that, that rule, George. Yes, that was Robin De Palma that yeah, shared that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. so you need, yeah, so no extra two dojo in Brisbane. Um, so we, we have a dojo in Sydney, we just opened a second dojo in Sydney as well. Perfect, so depending on when you're listening to this, but we'll chat in 10 months from now and we'll have a have a look at how that's going. No. No pressure. Well, pressure's been pressure's been good for you, so pressure. Yeah, I'll, just, <laughs> I'll just do it. Just do it. There we go. Yeah. Cool, Shane. Thanks so much for uh, thanks so much for hanging out. I'll catch you on the next one. Awesome. Thanks for listening. If you want to connect with other top smart martial arts school owners and have a chat about marketing, lead generation, what's working now, and or just have a a gentle rant about things that are happening in the industry, then I want to invite you to join our Facebook group. It's a private Facebook group and in there I share a lot of extra videos and downloads and worksheets, things that are working for us when we work, help school owners grow and share a couple of video interviews and a bunch of cool extra resources. So it's called the Martial Arts Media Community and an easy way to access it is if you just go to the domain name martialartsmedia.group. So martialartsmedia.group, G-R-O-U-P. Uh, there's no .com or anything, martialartsmedia.group. That will take you straight there. 
uh, request to join and I will accept your invitation. Thanks. I'll speak to you on the next episode. Cheers. We'll conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening. If you need help building your martial arts school, check out martialartsmedia.com.